Hey there. Welcome to another episode of the Superview Show's Career Retrospectives right here on the Superview Show Network. I am joined by my two incredible friends. Kyle and Mike, what's going on, guys? Hey, guys. Not much. What's going on? Are you ready to do some reviewing? <laughs> Time to get some saviors uh, out of our way right now. So as the title of this podcast suggests, we are talking about Green Day's Saviors. They just got released this past Friday. We did a quick listen through of it over the weekend. And here we are today talking about the album. By Green Day, known as Saviors. Their most recent release, their 14th album, or is that right, Kyle? Yep, album 14. Album 14. Lucky 14. Gotta love it. Um, but yeah, Kyle, it's your day, man. It's, it's your right. Green Day day. What do you got? <laughs> waiting for this for years. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, after Unlucky album 13, uh, which was one of their worst albums, um, you know, as far as things go, I've never disliked a Green Day record, but, you know, father of all coming off the heels of that, which was a flop, both critically and, you know, in the fan base, uh, audiences and critics alike just panned that record. Uh, and for a good reason, it wasn't Green Day, uh, Butch Walker kind of butchered the production on it. So couple that with the Hell Omega tour in which it was pretty much, you know, they didn't play a single track off that album. It was pretty much a greatest hits album or uh, greatest hits tour. And it just kind of got me thinking, kind of got me a little worried that they've hit that point in their career, which even if they were great, good for them. But I kind of got worried that they're at the point in their career where they're just going to throw out a release here and there every so often, like a lackluster release and just be more of a legacy act touring off of the hits, which this far into a career, that's not, you know, that would still be great. A lot of artists would be grateful to be in that position but I'm glad this album really showed me that they still have more in the tank. They still have things to say. And uh, yeah, so I mean, let's get into it. Uh, I'll go track by track here real quick. The American Dream is Killing Me. I mean, I've had this on repeat since it came out in October. This was, it's a straight 10 out of 10 for me. This is exactly what I was looking for in a return from Green Day. It's, uh, you know, bring back the political commentary. This is actually written years ago. This is actually the first song written and last song recorded for here. They recorded it uh, during the Father of All sessions, or well, wrote it then, but thought it was too much of like low-hanging fruit at the time with the election going on and kind of wanted to stay away from the politics at the time. Glad it came out now. Really great way to introduce the album. But having said that, it really has, it's really on its own. It doesn't represent the album at all. Uh, the rest of the album is a pretty large shift from this. For the most part but that's not a bad thing at all i mean look mono brains probably the most punk like true punk song they've done since insomniac another 10 out of 10 for me one of my favorites on this record another one i've been listening to it since it came out yet to get sick of it just front to back incredible song lyrically fun uh, instrumentation is great again most punk thing they've done since insomniac then you go to bobby socks which I like the song. Don't get me wrong. This sits at about an eight or a nine for me. Could go up and down depending on what mood I'm in. But this, that might be an unpopular opinion that this is my least favorite to second least favorite on the album. This seems to be a eight thing. or nine's your least favorite? Yes. Jeez, yes, we're going, man. This guy's going, he's going hard on this album. <laughs> I'm going very hard on this album. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So this seems to be a 
fan favorite. People seem to like this one. A lot of people quote this one as their favorite and a highlight. And I get that. It's a very Weezer-esque song with the chorus being very much almost like a Chester Bennington inspired vocal. Mm. And it's cool. It's a cool uh, change up for Green Day on that front. Uh, But then One-Eyed Bastard, a great song. I've had this one since like May or June. There was like a leak of it that went around. Yeah. So I've known of this one. The only thing I really changed is like some more production. It has a little bit beefier production on it. Uh, Some like gang vocals in there. Really great song. This one's going to be, it's going to kill live 100%. Uh, The chorus, a little bit repetitive, but I think it works in the commentary and like the place that it's at here. Really fun song. 10 out of 10 again. Haven't gotten sick of it yet. Don't think I will. And I've listened to this album probably somewhere between 20 to 30 times since it's come out. Uh, Dilemma, another 10 out of 10. The most personal lyrics he's done. Pink wrote. Pink wrote my bastard better. Just to be honest uh, with you, Deep Purple wrote yeah. it better. <laughs> so want to go that route. <laughs> if you want to go that route, <laughs> yeah, everyone's drawn that comparison to Pink on One Eyed Bastard. I mean, it's it's right there. But I mean, if you want to trace it all the way back, it goes back to Deep Purple. Uh, putting in Dilemma, some of the most personal lyrics he's written. Uh, kind of has a what's her name feel to it. Has a back to like. This is only the second song they've ever done in drop D tuning. Has some cool aspects going on here. Really love this one. Uh, 1981, another just fast, fun, punk song. Love this one. Love all the references to the uh, like the political styles of the 80s, but also keeping it fun at the same time. Really fun. It's only like two minutes long, but another 10 out of 10. Then Goodnight Adeline, more personal lyrics from him. Actually, the first time I heard this at one of the listening parties, I actually had like chills during that first verse. Really good. The vocal melodies on this are beautiful. The chorus is great. Uh, the solo that leads into the key change at the end is perfect. Exactly what I want in Green Day's material that I was missing from Father of All are actual movements and not just we're playing the song. Here's a two and a half minute song and that's it. Love that they had that in there. Coma City, probably the most 21st century breakdown sounding song on the album uh best thing about this one is another 10 out of 10 but best thing on this is that ending where it just devolves into just insanity i mean trey just going crazy on the drums for the last like 30 or so seconds must you could tell it must have been so much fun for them to record uh corvette summer really cool garage rock sound going on here very like 70s almost inspired uh the chorus kind of even sounds we did the beach boys last week yep. chorus kind of sounds a little bit beach boys-esque love it really fun chorus it's a perfect driving song Susie chapstick this one actually grew on me uh, at first i was like i don't know how i feel about this one it actually grew on me quite a bit um it gets stuck in my head it's a very uh probably the slowest song on here that's not just straight ballad like father to a son but uh, again, vocal melodies on this are great. This whole album is probably Billy's best vocal performance since 21st Century Breakdown. Uh, the melodies are some of the best he's written. Uh, then Strange Days are here to say, love this. This one especially, I'm going to kind of talk about this one with Living in the 20s at the same time, because I feel like these back-to-back are just such a kick-ass combination. 
they're both kind of get that political commentary, but that line on strange days where he says ever since Bowie died, it hasn't been the same. And I think that's such a cool like point in time to point to for that. Cause that was a uh, 2016. Yes. And uh, yeah, things have been quite different since then. I mean, everything that's happened mm-hmm. since 2016, the world really doesn't feel the same and it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. Uh, living in the twenties, some really just fun, angry lyrics on there. It took me an embarrassingly long time to realize, probably until I heard the song, because when I first saw the uh, track list and saw the name, did not realize it was going to be about the 2020s. <laughs> My mind was going to be talking about the 1920s. And I heard the song, and I was like, oh, yeah, that makes more sense. But yeah, I love that one. It sounds uh, very much like Horseshoes and Hand Grenades from 21st Century Breakdown. has very <laughs> similar... Uh, chord progression rhythm going on and then it brings you to father to a son which uh probably one of the best ballad they've done since 2009 that's for sure uh it starts you know acoustic and it has that build up with the strings and just kind of builds and builds really great it's a really sweet song uh you know just billy writing a message to his kids and it's it's great it works very well i could totally see this in a live setting you know sandwich somewhere like between waking up with september ends 21 guns and like good riddance toward the end of the set and then we go into my maybe my least favorite it's either this one or bobby socks i go back and forth nothing really happens much in this song that's not to well, say no jt is gonna give it a 10 Let's i, I thought that going funny. into it too much <laughs> but let's see it doesn't really go it doesn't really go anywhere. It's a good song for what it is. But when I compare it to the other songs on the album, it just seems to be missing a little something. I like the effect, like the megaphone effect on his voice. It's cool. Like it serves its function. I could see this being like the first song that they play, like the concerts for this tour to kind of like ease people in. Like it has a good, good atmosphere for that. But again, it doesn't really go anywhere. Which leads into Fancy Sauce, which, not going to lie, when I saw the title to this track, I was a little worried about it. I was like, are they going to be ending this album on like a joke song? Mm. And then I saw the length before I heard it, and I was like, oh, it's going to be a four-minute joke song. But no, it ended up being a pretty deep track, a slow track. I think it's one of their best closers in general. Uh, That beginning intro guitar actually reminds me a bit of red hot chili peppers at times just think it might just be the tone on it uh but that the chorus is fantastic it has very personal lyrics that i didn't expect from a song like this i like it has like that instrumental outro to it so i mean overall this album it's a straight 10 out of 10 for me i you know as an album listening experience it's fantastic this is the best thing they've done since 2009. 100%. And that's not, I don't say that lightly because I loved Revolution Radio. I thought that was one of their top three records. I honestly think with the production on this, this has overtaken it. I mean, Rob Cavallo and Chris uh, Lord Algae are the dream team for Green Day in terms of production and mixing. Everything they touch with these guys is gold. This album's no exception. And I hope that they continue working together after this. I don't want another father of all situation after this one. I think they're in a good spot. 
this album blew me away and I've been listening to it nonstop and I don't see that stopping anytime soon. I'm going to go next. <laughs> yes, the Jay Tizzle McNizzle. Yes, yes, yes. So you heard your first cuss at 10 out of 10. I would, I'm actually, I'm not surprised, but I am slightly surprised at the same time that you say that because you were, for those of you know, for those of you who listened to us for any period of time, Kyle is our Green Day guy. He knows that catalog and outside of our, he knows them front to back. And I, I when, when, when this album was first coming out, we're like, all right, we have to let him go first. So <laughs> just get I out also, of the just, I just want to get my one negative thing out of the way real quick that I forgot about. Go ahead. The <laughs> Japanese bonus track, Fever. Awful. One of the worst things they've ever done. Uh, it's garbage. It is <laughs> it's a leftover from the father of all sessions. It's the one track on here that's produced by Butch Walker. It goes absolutely nowhere. It's boring. It is one of the most lackluster things that they've done. I see why it was left off the last album, and I am so grateful it was left off the actual Saviors album. So that's my one negative. Mm-hmm. There you go. Good to know. Good to know. I, I didn't even realize that. I was like, whatever, one song bonus track, whatever, whatever. I think it officially comes out. I think the Japanese CD might not come out till next Friday. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, um, I going into this coming off of Father of All, which was, uh, which I, I will admit was a, a disappointment. It was Butch Walker. And it's funny because Butch Walker actually plays acoustic guitar in track seven. He does. I don't know if you guys knew a lot that. of these songs started as a project with Butch Walker and carried over. And thank God Rob Cavallo took over production stuff. Because I it's funny. With al- when albums have re-listenability, like there's a reason why we all go back to Dookie or I'm with Green Day specifically, or Dookie or American Idiot or 21st Century Breakdown, or or w- w- what makes an album have re-listenability. I believe, and this is my personal opinion, is I think Saviors will have that effect on a lot of people. Well, because I, I, I'm in agreement with Kyle that I actually have been listening to it a lot more than I thought I would. Because whenever we do our, whenever an album comes out on a Friday and we do our show on here on Monday, it's like, all right, you know, at first I'm like, all right, we have we have three or four days to listen to the album repetitively and to get a full analysis of it, whatever, right? This one I went back to more than I normally would have on most of our releases we've talked about. We talked about the Avenged Sevenfold record. I went back to it like three or four times, maybe pushing five. This one I've gone back to not as many as Kyle, not like twenty or thirty times, but I've gone back to about seven or eight mm-hmm. times. So that tells you something. Like for at least me, who's not a casual. I mean, I, I I love Green Day, but no nowhere near as much as Kyle. But I do I do enjoy I do enjoy Green Day Green Day quite a bit. But I will say. This album, if you look at this album, it will have a lot of re-listenability to it personally. And the production, and I, again, echoing, you know, Rob Cavallo coming back as a producer, just all around killer tracks. I got, I got to admit. And, and, and at first, when I was first listening to it, I thought it was, I thought it was front loaded a little bit. But then I, the more I listened to it, I said, no, it makes more sense. And it's like, it's actually a complete listening experience overall. So let me get into my track listening really quick here. But the American Dream is killing me. That chorus is so catchy. <laughs> it is so catchy that the the whole da 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 you know that whole that whole chorus is just it's so hooked. I cannot wait to see it live. I can't, wait, can't wait to see so many of these songs live. Um, to Kyle's point, it is it is like it is, it is touching on the political aspect a little bit. We're not going to get into that too much, of course, but it is a really it's a great song overall. This is actually ten out of ten. I've been listening to this one track alone nonstop a lot. Um. Look, my no brains, great, 
just straight coming off. Like, so the, the American Dream is Killing Me is their first track <laughs> record. Look my own brains. I'm like, all right, whatever. It's Green A, funky title, whatever, right? No, this is a straightforward plow through your brains pop punk song. Um, and I loved every single second of this. Is another 10 out of 10 for me. Um, Bobby Socks, it's funny. Th- there were some points I got nervous about Billy Joe screaming so much because his voice is like just screaming so much. Like, I've never heard him like that before. And now that he was so intense with his vocals on some of these tracks, I was like, he's like, Actually, like, urgh, like not, not necessarily grunting necessarily, but just like his voice was so strong coming out of the, his, his mouth. I was like, oh my God, hopefully he's okay, you know, <laughs> when he goes on tour. <laughs> I was like, Billy Joe, calm down. It's okay. It's okay. Take a breath. Take a breath. But, you know, but Bobby, I actually really like this track. This is actually, I like a, a nine. It's just, it's catchy. It's quick. For some reason, the guitar like reminded me of a, th- a Third Eyed Blind song. I forget what the song is called, but it was like, the opening riff kind of reminded me of that a little bit. I forget specifically what it was. What that song was, but anyways, great song overall. I liked it a lot. Uh, One Eyed Bastard. It's funny, man. I, I did not, I didn't hear the leak that Kyle referenced, of course. But when I when I, when I first saw the title, I was like, all right, you know, it's a Green Day's gonna do whatever. That's a great song. My God, this song kills on record. And I, when I see the Saviors tour later this year, I am hoping that they play this song live because it just, it just, it sounds so like, it, it sounds like it would go over live. And it's funny. Kyle was come uh, a lot of these songs. It's funny. Kyle kept 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 referencing like some like string elements and stuff like that of the 21st century breakdown era. I feel like they brought some of those elements back into some of these songs. Like the American, just going back for a second to the American Dream is killing me. Like there's <laughs> strings in there a little bit, beautifully done, almost like the opening of like Viva La Gloria, Little Girl, or even um, uh, um, Horseshoes and Hand Grenades. Or I, I forget what this is. Kanos is what I'm talking about. Like, but there's like, oh, restless heart syndrome. That's what it was. Yep. That was the song. Like the strings on there were brilliant, and the fact that they they carefully put strings into some of these songs, I thought was a brilliant callback to say, hey, you know, we we, we remember where we came from with you know American Idiot, Twenty Percent Breakdown, um, etc. We want to show the world, hey, we're we're a badass band. And we're gonna do what we gotta do. So yeah, uh, One Eyed Bastard, great song. Dilemma, I. The song just kicks ass, man. It's a really great, great song overall. That's another like eight, eight, nine out of ten for me. Um, it's funny with 1981. I have to just say this, and Kyle knows about this too. <laughs> it's funny. They, <laughs> out of all the Green Day songs with numbers in their titles, for whatever reason, with title tracks and numbers, they work for whatever reason. So 1981. <laughs> this is a ten out of ten track. This. <laughs> the, the number like when i first saw that i was like oh it's the number 21 guns 86 80 16 we're gonna have a great time here and sure enough it was it was two minutes and nine seconds of pure bliss it was incredible you know where that, you know where that title comes from 1981 why specifically 1981 mike do you know uh i don't you have to tell us 1981 was the first year was the year that mtv started when they would play 24-hour music videos Mm. Uh, I, th- I thought it was 80 for whatever reason, but uh, fair enough. August 1981. Good to know. Good to know. I, the more you know. <laughs> um, but great song, though. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> Good night, Adeline. There's another another straight nine out of ten on this track. Just a great song overall. Coma City. It starts off with a, just like it's like just Coma City, and then it goes right into it. Fantastic song again. Eight eight point five out of ten. But pushing nine to an extent. Corvette Summer, it's funny. We just, uh, the moment I heard 
the moment I saw the title, I was like, all right, because my white grandfather passed away the, back in September. And he he has a he 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 was a Corvette guy, and he loves summertime. This reminded me of like a punk rock version of the Beach Boys, for lack of a better word, and just like just cruising around town like the summertime, but like in a modern context, not just like you know the '60s pop music or whatever. It's like Beach Boys, Jan and Dean, whatever. This is a straight ten out of ten. Corvette Summer is a fantastic song. I plan on playing it for the entire summer. Just saying. Um, Susie Chapstick, really good song overall. I, I, I like this one a lot actually. I, I came back to it more and more, and the, and the rest of the album I'm going to follow, follow up in a second with. But Susie Chapstick, it's funny. It's a really great song. And it really like it's it, it's it's not like I shouldn't say it, it, how, how should I word this? It's like it, it stuck with me, but it doesn't it didn't it didn't stick with me as much, it didn't stick with me as, as much as I thought it would. So like, but it's it's still a great song overall though. This is an eight out of ten for me. Um, I really like this one a lot. And ironically, have strange days and living in the twenties. You know, I, I I never made that connection until you said that. I was just I was when when I said living in the twenties, I was like, all right, that makes more sense now. Um, but strange days are here to stay and living in the twenties back to back. This is like they're both eight, 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 eight out of ten and nine out of ten. Just straightforward guitar driven punk songs. Incredible, incredible songs overall. Am I freaking out a little bit? Yes. Uh, father to his son. <laughs> father to his son uh, with Billy Joe Armstrong talking about his. You know, his, it, it's a really good ballad. And actually, it reminded me a little bit of uh, Last Night on Earth a little bit um, here and there from Twenty First Century Breakdown too, and also like. Um, like you know, Kyle hit it on the head again. Like twenty one, the, the 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 ballad, the more ballady songs of Green Day, over the years, like Last Night on Earth or uh, Twenty One Guns or Wake Me, Wake Me Up with Some Temperance, Good Riddance. Uh, even to that to that extent, I would say even like something um, like uh, Ordinary World for that matter. Uh, this Saviors is not my favorite song on the record. <laughs> man, this is these are, living in the twenties is a crazy time, man. Living in the twenties is a crazy time right now. Saviors, I mean, is, day... after... Saviors <laughs> is a good song. I like it, but it's not my favorite. Ironically enough, this is the first time there's a title track that I actually think is just good. It's kind of like the Foo Fighters situation all over again. Like, oh, it's it's good, you know. It's all right. It's not great, but I wish my hat had a chin strap so I could hold my jaw. Up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, because I can't help but let it fall down. I'm just shocked. Oh, but yeah, this is a just fantastic. It, it, it's a good song. It's not a great song. I mean, it, but do I hate it? No. You, I mean, this album has a title track. It's towards the end of the album. Why not? It's fine. I mean, do I love it? Yes. Do I love it as much as the, a lot of the other tracks here, like The American Dream is Killing Me or Bobby Sachs or Dilemma? No. But I do enjoy it quite a bit. It's not my favorite, though. I, I, when I first saw it, I was like, all right, title track. Here we go, baby. Here we go. Title track, baby. Uh, and fancy, just a great, really nice song overall. But fancy sauce, honestly, this is a really great closer to an album. And I have not listened to Fever, so I kind of don't want to listen to Fever, but that's me. <clears throat> and honestly, forty six minutes flew by. This is an album like you could listen to from start to finish, and not get bored with it, and not get all like uh, like you cannot get bored with it, which is great. So, but um, overall, great. Green Day's back, ladies and gentlemen. They learned the mistakes of Father of All. They brought back Rob Cavallo, and they made us an album that kicks ass, clearly. Um, I know Mike loved this record, though. <laughs> bring in the villain. <laughs> yeah, bring in the villain, he says. Hey, hey, hey. Me. Here's I the villain shirt. The... Wait, so JT, what was your rating? Oh, sorry. Uh, 9.5 out of 10. Cool. All right. Mike, you're up. 
There we go. There we go. So, um, you know, uh, yeah, I'm sure I've given the background on my experience with the Green Day. I mean, I I was one of the more of the original, you know, my sister had their albums and I would borrow them and listen to them, you know, like Kurt Blanc and uh, Dookie and, um, you know, there's probably another album in there I listened to before I pretty much kind of fell off and really never listened to them ever again. And, and in a lot of ways I outgrew this style of uh, pop punk, you know, music, you know, like I kind of evolved into a certain type of song listener that became more progressive, more changing. And like, while I can go back to some of these styles of songs, like here and there, it, my brain just gets bored and just doesn't get what it wants from music. So that's my only major issue when it comes to Green Day is like when I listen, even when I go back and listen to some of their old stuff, a, a lot of it sounds the same. A lot of it uses the same kind of um, songwriting techniques and, and you know, change ups that it, it uses. So like, uh, you know, and I did a little deep dive on the on the past to kind of um first of all identify a sound that i liked from green day but on set on but i noticed a lot of it was nostalgic you know a lot of it was like um a, a tune that i liked for the time um you know so that you know applying that to today it's a kind of uh it kind of felt like i was going through the same um thing so um yeah starting off with american dream is killing me it, um just repetitive you know the american dream is killing me the american dream is killing me you know it's just kind of a short blast of a chorus just not didn't really love that it was just kind of you know it's kind of like eh. uh, at times it sounds like uh you know when he broke into that musical part where it sounded like no well no well you know that that uh christmas song i swear to you if you listen if you hum noel while like that part's going on they're almost identical um as well as low down the, the basket case it's pretty much identical to that bridge yes it, it's just about to say that the main melody of basket case you can actually hear it within this song it almost feels like a nod to their um previous self um yeah so you know it wasn't uh, it could be a five it could be a six for me it's in that realm um you know i might i might give it <laughs> kyle's reacting here he's already giving me the reactions here uh you know i could probably say it's a six uh would be a fair score for me it didn't really do anything for me it didn't wasn't horrible wasn't um you know whatever so then we have look mono range it's actually one of the better songs um like writing wise change up wise movement wise because it starts off with that punk intro it's such a short song and i know oh we're punk and we, we do short songs and you know like cool but like it really needed more time to allow the songs the parts of the song to like uh you know rep for it i guess you could say uh so you know i actually you know it's one of those songs that i was like man i wish it was longer i wish i had more going on for it um yeah like and that's kind of a, it comes a theme in this album you know it's like either it's too short or it's longer than it needs to be um so uh this one you know i would have gone 6.57 but because it was so short i was sitting at a 6.5 on that one um you know and then we go to bobby socks oh god this is where i really took a dump like uh bobby socks so weezer so bubblegum the lyrics are ridiculous uh it's just some of the most um boring kind of just cringe 
uh, lyrics I've heard like um, so far on this album. So uh, this is a three out of ten for me. Yeah, oh God, he just kept repeating that over and over again. You wanna be my boy? I was playing this in the living room, and Tracy would go, "Are you playing that song again?" Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, "I have to, hon. I'm listening. This is for a uh, a review." And she's like, "I know, but oh God, it was just yeah, it was just vomit inducing, you know." So, uh, and it reminded me of the Weezer I don't like. Oh, uh. To be and to remind the audience, this is a group of how old are these guys now? Are they in their fifties? Yeah, they gotta be like fifty. They're in their fifties yeah. and they're writing music like they're writing it for like 50s. yeah, and and this is well, yeah, it, they're writing it like so. It, this is the problem with being in a band like this. You are bound to your your audience's wishes of of tickling that nostalgic uh bone you know that like everyone wants to uh to um relive and you're and although you think you're free to do whatever which obviously green day's done side projects and other types of things which have gone in some really strange um areas and actually um argue i would argue that i actually enjoyed some of the strange stuff that they put out kyle um, you know, at gunpoint forced me to listen to uh, one of the uh, side projects for Green Day. And, uh, you know, it was actually kind of cool. They did some interesting, funny things, uh, you know. But uh, this band is kind of bound to that, like being 50-something-year-old guys singing as if they're still teenagers. And it's like, we get it. It's, Green Day is its own life now outside of, like, the actual people in the band. It's like... Uh, a feeling less than just um, their life as is currently, um, you know, so putting that out there, you can, some of the songs just don't work for um, the fact that uh, I, st I know that they're older. Are these songs? Um, so let me go on to one eyed bastard, you know, like I was trying to say there with Kyle and, you know, he was talking about it. Um, literally, if you listen to pinks, uh, um, song uh of so what, what is it called so what, what? Is it? so what yeah. so what is it so, so what? what is it no i'm just kidding i was just gonna do like a little bit where i just continue to ask you what it is and you say so what and then we just keep doing that and then eventually the stream will go into three hours um but uh yeah just literally if you listen to so what by pink you i mean it's almost note for note the same then they go back into a rehash of holiday with you know, the dun, 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 it's like literally, I mean, they're so close. Then you have a couple, a couple randomness in between. It's just, it feels really rehashed. Um, it's just, and sometimes Billy's voice just comes off like weird. I don't know what it is. I actually listened to some of their older albums and he has a much more aggressive sound. And that's something that's really missing from this album too, is aggressive attitude. It feels like the attitude has been cut in half. And you just feel like you lose a lot of that, um, you know. So, yeah, just it was pretty, you know, ugh, um, four out of ten for me. Um, and then, you know, come back into Dilemma, very Weezer sounding again, um, you know. And, I, you know, I like the simplicity of this song. I like, you know, I like some of the heavier guitar here. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, it wasn't a bad thing that it stayed simple. Um, but, uh, yeah, six out of ten for me. Um, you know, still staying in that range. It's like um, hot, mid to whatever, you know. And then we get to um, 1981, you know, too short once again. I like the punk feel, you know, in this, but. 
And then uh, we get to my favorite song so far. Uh, Good Night, Adeline. Actually, great chorus. Use of melody in the song. Uh, I love the solo that kicks in. It feels very Weezer here, too. But I like overall, this um, This is one of the better songwriting songs. I like the chorus a lot. So I'm um, 7.5 out of 10 for that. Um, you know, it's like the first time I was actually like, wow, like if I going to Green Day for pop punk or if we're going to say punk, going to Green Day for punk and attitude, it's like going to Olive Garden for Italian food. Like it really is. So you don't really you come to them for like catchy uh, lines and stuff like that you know like you basically you come there for like the more pop side of punk so to, to expect super aggressive band all the time like um get out of my face on punk is like unfair um you know so like good night adeline is like kind of a soft quieter side and it works and it you know i do agree with kyle it would be one of those songs you'd hear and like the um you know in a in a, in a concert where they do like a not a compilation, but a, a uh, like a um, I can't remember the word I was about to say. Uh, yeah. Just a, what medley, medley. Thank you. Uh, of medley of those types of songs, you know, kind of uh, definitely fit there. Um, then we go to Coma City. So repetitive. In Coma City, Coma City, Coma City. I just, uh, you know, I just. If he says Coma City one more time, I sir will go into a coma. And it will be in the city of the city I live in, which I can't currently say. Um, yeah, so uh yeah, meh. Uh five out of ten. Well, let me move on to Corvette Summer. It felt like I was listening to Jet or one of these bands that just play these like, you know, uh kind of uh style songs that just feels out of place for uh Green Day. Uh, it's not what I go to Green Day for to hear a song like that. I go to Green Day to hear more like the um you know punky pop kind of stuff so um it does break into that some somewhere but it, it just kind of feels out of place so five out of ten for me um then we get to Susie chapstick it's another song that feels out of place and this is actually i would say uh corvette summer Susie chapstick um maybe a little bit of coma city feel out of place for green day have some elements to them that are like green day but feel out of place for green day um uh, yeah, I just did not like the song. Uh, it just felt like, it, you know, it's got that repetition. It's got like, um, you know, it's kind of strange. Um, uh, it kind of felt like a 90s song that I've heard in the past. I just can't put my finger on it. Um, it, it just, yeah, melody over and over again. You know, just like kept doing that over and over again. Um, yeah, so I was like a four out of 10. Um, strange Days. Another basic punk song, you know, um, sounded too close to Look Mono Brains um, because of a classic Green Day song, but it just felt like I began to hear draw distinctions uh, a little too much. Um, but still, you know, six out of ten living in the 20s. I'll say the same thing. Six out of ten. Um, and then Father to a Son. It's actually uh, I, I actually like the quieter songs on this album more so than I like the uh, the upbeat pop punk kind of stuff. Um Father to a son, I like the the orchestration. You know me, I'm a big fan of the the orchestra. Um, you know, uh, it does it a little too much, where it just kind of repeats that orchestra orchestra over and over again. Uh, orchestra, orchestra piece. Um, so six point five, but not bad song. I might even go seven on that. Uh, and then we come to uh, two of my least favorite songs on the album. Savior's just just boring. I'm just waiting for it to do, do something. Damn you, do something. Yeah, it was just like, it was just, 
it never arrived. It almost failed to have a chorus. If I look back on my notes, um, I think it it just does, but it's just it just miss you miss it because it's just forgettable. Um, and then uh, fancy sauces. Oh my god, that was just horrible. I like when he's talking to the loony bin and this and that and the and the voice he's using. Well, I'm just like this sounds like a completely another another person, another band completely. It doesn't even ring in my ears as a Green Day. A uh, song, it just sounds like um, Billy Joe, I don't know, like reflecting on his, I don't know. But uh, yeah, overall, it was just, um, you know, and like I said, I can't say this is a bad album. I, I might say I've outgrown this sound as a musical, like, you know, my, what I um, kind of consume. And uh, that's, that, I have no problem saying like, uh, this album is good to those who are in this genre, like this kind of style of music. So a uh, 5.5 out of uh, 10 is the final rating on it. It is, you know, I'm sorry, Kyle. I'm sorry. Oi, I, <laughs> that uh, I know, I know. I, when I tried to, I, you know, I could say it could be a six out of, uh, um, you know, uh, 10. Uh, six would be fair. 5.5 is like if we're going to nitpick down to the the wire but you know there are some uh redeeming qualities here and there um catchiness that like while i i don't ever deem catchiness as a an automatic guarantee that i give something a high rating sometimes i do judge the musical way they arrive to the catchiness and how they maintain it anyone could i could just start a song off with a very catchy quote uh you know melody and then just do nothing else and then just say, okay, there's a song. And it's just like, wait, but what about like, you know, the rest of it, you know? So uh, um, catchiness on on some level, I would say I could award it a half point more. So six out of 10, but I got 5.5, six is where I had to sit it. So, yeah. Damn. <laughs> all I have to say. Um, <laughs> any else in closing, guys? Are we all set? I'll just add that, you know, it's really great to see Green Day having an album again that's getting both critical and audience acclaim uh, yes. outside of Mike, apparently. Uh, <laughs> I mean, all the reviews have been great. Audience, even casual fans seem to love it. Uh, it's a huge return to form for the band in such a great way. And great. I think it, I agree with them in a way where they said that this is kind of a they viewed this album as a bridge between Dookie and American Idiot. Hmm. And I totally see where they're coming from on that sound wise. And I'm just looking forward to see what they do from here. And Green Day, if you ever catch this stream or watch this video, don't leave Rob Cavallo, please. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, you know who didn't give it a glowing review is Trump. He said they are irrelevant. Oh, That's of course he did. Yeah, <laughs> as he got upset about the whole mega generation thing he said during the concert, he's been doing that. They've been doing that since 2016. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Kyle, uh, good uh, news is only uh, what you can spin to look like, uh, you know, happening now. That's fair. Yeah, you know, that's it. Um, I think, yeah, I think we're good, guys. I mean, anything else you guys want to touch on? All or that's it, right? Oh, that's, that's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. We want to thank you all for watching, listening, however you enjoyed us tonight. Ultimately, it's it, Kyle loved it, of course. I really enjoyed it as well. Mike was kind of on the uh, the surprise for me. He's like, ah, he's the villain. It's okay. 
Uh, no, but we also that's what you guys have to say out there. Just please sign off in the comment section below. Thanks so much for watching, listening, however you enjoyed us tonight. Um, we'll be back next week. We're not sure specifically what we're going to do yet because there's not too many new releases coming out this year. But we will let you guys know uh, next week when the time comes next Monday night. Um, so yeah, but thanks for watching us. For all of us here at the Super Show, stay safe, take care, and be awesome. <laughs>